Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU-352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the dang time, so we decided to record it. Today, we're going to be talking about the third episode of Andor, but first, Peyton, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Max. Um, it's been a hot minute. Um... Hurricane Ian ran a <laughs> Yes, it did, and took my power with it. Tell me about it. We didn't lose power at all. Whew. We were the last ones of our friend group to uh, get, power? get power back. Now, you were telling me you got like power intermittently, or whatever it was. Yes, so uh, I talked to the electrician over what the heck happened. Uh, because a tree fell in my front yard, uh, threaded the needle between three cars, didn't hit anything other than the power line. Now, it whacked the power line, and <laughs> apparently Tico came in and fixed it quite quickly. However, my house was still on the fritz. Mm. So... I we had to call uh, an electrician. Well, we had to call a realtor to call an electrician because we can't call an electrician because <laughs> anyway. Uh, long story short, we are able to like we had some things, but not all things turn on. Right. Uh, we had Thanks. we lost four breakers. Damn. So all that. Hence our silence. Um, so we are very apologetic yep. about our silence, and I know we're behind people. So we got a special treat for you. We're gonna do. We're gonna be releasing three episodes, pretty much back to back. So they are out in time for episode six of Andrew. Um, yep. So I don't think I have. In the Star Wars news at all, um, except maybe another casting call for um, Ezra Bridger in ah Ahsoka. Um, they're, much they're recasting him? No. Um, I think they found him. Excuse okay. Me. They found him. Okay, good. I thought they had already had, and then they, like, changed their mind. Like... Nah. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if Disney did do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, any any change that late in the game... Uh, I mean, I don't want to do... Uh, I don't want to say anything that we're going to talk about on the show, because that's a, that's a theme in the show, is uh, change anything late game, and it spooks the whole team. So, uh, there are some new stills from new images, well, at least they're new to me, uh, from the, uh, what are you called? Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, nope, I lost it. Uh, no, that was strange. There it is. Um, New Tales of the Jedi stills that I haven't seen, but uh, oh. uh, by the look of it, let me check the date on this. Nope, that's just new to me. I just hadn't seen all the pictures. It's not. It's not actually new. I'm but just I a goof. Seen them at all, so. Um. All right. Well, actually, before we get started, um, we have two new Facebook followers. All right. I've got some friends from Flagler um, that have graciously followed our podcast. So, a shout out to them. And I believe we're ready to get started. Indeed. So, first impressions of, what's the name of this episode? First impressions Reckoning. of Reckoning. Uh, this was definitely my favorite episode so far. I think mine too. Um, I watched it pretty much on the first day. Um, that this is the episode I feel like it takes you into the story. 
Yeah. So I care a million times more about Luthen than I ever did about Andor. I'm not surprised. I mean, Andor is we know we know Andor already. Yeah, and we already have the uh the archetype of the espionage smuggler scoundrel character. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be my main critique of the show so far, is that like we already have Han Solo. Why are we making another archetype like this? <sighs> I I think it's more to do with the rebellion. The early stages of the rebellion. Yeah. Um But yeah, so uh you ready to hop into it? Yeah, let's go. Uh, So, the dealio with the belio of reckoning is, uh, it opens up, uh, on a young Cassian Andor climbing into the, uh, Imperial starship, uh, that crash landed, uh, near, uh, on his homeworld of Canari. And, uh, he is filled with rage. Um. Now, what is the rage of, though? I've never been able to... Oh, they killed, uh, they killed his leader. The leader of his tribe. And so... That's the only only reason why he was, like, smashing the place up? Oh, absolutely. That's all he needed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... So, actually, Wikipedia says that it's not Imperial. It's actually the original uh, Confederacy of Independent Systems. It's a separatist. There's no droids. No, but it's the insignia. And Ah. it is. It's a hexagon. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's why they... Maybe that's why they, like, inherited that. Huh. It's an interesting thing. I've never thought of that. So, uh, the young Andor enters, sees a bunch of yellow people because they asphyxiated on yellow, uh, poisonous air, and he starts to smash things. Uh, in the present, Andor watches salvage workers, uh, dismantling a capital ship, uh, at a salvage yard, and... He uh, walks over to his friend that covered for him previously that I don't remember the name of uh, and says uh, he will send back the money, but he's got money coming now and he is leaving as fast as possible. Uh, And he says, sorry. Meanwhile, Luthen's uh, shuttle lands at the urban settlement on Ferrix. The male passenger tries to recommend a hotel and warns uh, Luthen to watch out for pickpockets. Luthen is met by Bix, uh, the woman, who tells him that their plan has been complicated uh, because Corpo sent out a bulletin looking for someone that matches Andor's description. Luthen says, yeah, I know about that. Anyway, where is he? And... (laughs) And... uh, When Luthen asks if Andor has been identified, Bix says not many people know uh, where he's from. After Bix confirms that Andor did kill two security off- officers on Morlana, Luthen replies that they need to act fast. And uh, well, continuing the walk, Luthen asks if she trusts Andor. Bix replies that he will be there 100%. Uh, we have the Corpo Tactical Forces uh, coming in hot. Uh, dispatching three mobile tack pods carrying law enforcement personnel led by Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn. Mm, worst name ever. Poof. That is a sad man. That is a sad 22-year-old man. That is... He's a sad, is he a sad strange little man? Yes. <laughs> He doesn't have my pity, though. <laughs> yeah, he has my pity, but only because oh. of the next couple of episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you see the dude's mom, you're like, nah. 
Yeah. This is not on him. <laughs> he wasn't made the like he didn't make these choices. She made these choices. Uh so they're on their way to Ferrix and they're talking about splitting up. Uh and what they're how they're going to uh attack at as they go in Cutting back to the past, Marva Andor uh, and her husband Clem Andor uh, and B, uh, B2 Emo undertake a mission to salvage equipment and technology from the wrecked Separatist starship on Canari. They say that they have 20 minutes due to the radioactive conditions. Marva believes that there are six brand new fuel... Uh, nodules within the ship. Clem thinks that they should leave, but Marvel wants to investigate a banging sound. Uh, I'm with Clem on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. In this moment, this is a radioactive ship. We know that the Republic is coming down, and they are coming down fast. And there's a banging going on. And, um, and now there's I'm, a banging. I'm out. Yeah. Audi 5000. Yeah, I'm gonna get the hell out of there. I'm not getting slasher filmed, and it's like, ooh, what's the scary burning noise? Let's walk towards it. Like, no, yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> Clem is smart. Uh, they find a young Cassian uh, wrecking equipment and screens in the engine room. Clem remarks that he likes the boy spirit, but warns that he might not want to be here when the Republic come to clean up. Not understanding their language, Cassian waves his staff at them. And uh, B2 Emo uh, warns that a Republic frigate is actually approaching. Marva attempts to communicate with the frightened boy, while Clem warns that they have nine minutes before the Republic starship arrives. In order to save the boy from danger, Marva gets B2 Emo to bring a drowser. And while Clem points out that the the boy's people are on the planet, Marva counters that his tribe have already killed a Republic officer and that the Republic would retaliate when the frigate lands. Marva stuns Cassian with her drowser, and he goes night-night. <laughs> go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Uh, do, you a, do you think there would have been a, um, a Jedi on that ship, on the Republic ship? I doubt it. Really? Yeah. Because Where is... Because they're not, um... It wouldn't have been a military frigate. It would have been, like... Like there's a difference between the army and the army reserve, or and and the police. Mm-hmm. So like, the Jedi are frontline generals, General Kenobi, like General Skywalker, like mm-hmm. uh, they're in the front line. They're making big decisions. They're not most of the time. They are not doing the cleanup. They're not doing the. Uh, checking passports and catching small-time stuff. Right. So there's that. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think so, but also, I would have been 100% like Clem and uh, gotten out of there. Never met the boy. Back to the present. That's the time travel sound. Karn and Mosk's tack pods approach the ferric settlement and land outside the scrapyard. West team joins North team. The workers believe the corporate soldiers are hunting for someone. And Karn and his and the corpos enter the streets from different sides. Uh, they enter Marva's home and tells the elderly woman that they have a warrant for Cassian Andor. And this guy has the smuggest look on his stupid little ugly baby face <laughs> I have ever you there's a subreddit that we're gonna do a side just a little bit uh we're just gonna do an aside there's a subreddit called punchable faces this man should be on top well on that list uh the the boy king from uh Game of Thrones. I knew it you know it yeah He's got the kind of face that's like, you would enslave yeah. people if you had the chance, and also, I don't like your smile. You're getting punched. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't come out and kill the guy. I'm not really the murdering kind of type, but I will I will absolutely get in a bar brawl with this guy. Oh. I think I could take him. Yeah, I bet you could. 
Take this child. Nate, I can't, can't overstate that this child is not over the age of 23 by a long shot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Baby, 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 baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, after restraining her, they enter the house. Elsewhere, Bix returns to Tim Carlo's scrapyard office thing and asks why the stuff is piled up in the alley. Tim said he forgot uh, he forgot about it and got and gets to work. Uh, Marva chastises Karn as his troops search her home. Karn replies that she could stop the search by helping them find Andor. Sergeant Mosk arrives, uh, pulls out uh, B2 Emo. Karn orders his troops to pull the droid's power supply in an attempt to force the droid's cooperation. Marva protests. But Karn orders one of his soldiers to silence her. Cassian contacts B2 Emo via uh, via comlink, and sensing that something is not right, Andor cryptically tells B2 Emo and Marva that he is sorry, and to make sure that she keeps the heat. I don't. Re- I don't remember that line. Me neither. Well, I mean, this is a side note. All these episodes are like one-time watcher episodes. Yeah. I mean, I did watch episode three a second time with Drake, but that was about it. That was when he was preparing to be on our podcast. Yeah. But- I have a... Uh, my boy Michael Mobley says that this is his favorite so far. Like, post-episode six. Wait, are we on oh. five or six? Wait, in the show? Yeah. We just finished five. Okay. As of episode five, this is his favorite show that Star Wars has put out other than the movies. It is the top TV show. Really? For him. Uh, uh, Live action. Well, uh, I'll, I'll tag that on even though he didn't because I know that he also loves clone troopers and rebels and like... Mm-hmm. I'm sure he knows the history behind that. You should read the comments on Facebook. So many people just post sleeping faces because they're so bored by the show. Right? I but mean... They're the, they're the folks that want an explosion every two seconds. I mean, that's that's fair. That is a fair critique. It is a slow burn. And it's supposed to be a slow burn. However, my problem with this show... And I will say this, every episode of this show is, where's the lightsabers? I know, I know, I know. I understand that that is a high bar, and that, like, if you if we spammed lightsabers all over the place, it would, it would lose its luster. I totally get that. And my hyperfixation with Star Wars is the lightsaber. So, like, like I'm gonna love what I love. Alright, well, you know, George, a version of plan on having... Lightsabers be the weapon of the uh, stormtrooper. I'm c- I'm kind of glad they got guns because then we got ranged, we got ranged attacks instead mm-hmm. of all only sword fight. Like I get mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. like the prequels drew me in with the promise of a million lightsabers in a shot, and they did not disappoint. No, they did not. Well, you got you got to hold your lightsabers for um, Mandalorian or Ahsoka or Tales of the Jedi. There you go. There you go. Tales, Tales of the Jedi, one hundred percent. Cannot wait for a young uh, Count Dooku. One hundred percent. Yeah. I can't wait to see Qui-Gon. But hey, we're getting off topic here. Uh, the that's my grievance. My grievance is there's no lightsabers yet. There's not even a hint of a lightsaber. There will Wait. be no lightsabers in the show. Is it your grievance or your grievous? <laughs> um, Alright. Back on track. While a soldier yeah. attempts to track Cassian's signal, Karn and his troops notice a crowd gathering outside. Uh, because they're being jerks. Uh, they're like... They're... Really acting the police officer here, the bad cops. And they're trying to act like it's their job to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they're supposed to be doing. 
Like, no, no, sweetheart. You're a mall <laughs> cop. You're a mall <laughs> cop that happens to have a star, a space AK-47. Like, yeah. that doesn't make you the biggest, baddest in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I don't, I, I like to hate these corpos. Mm-hmm. 100%. They mm-hmm. made a good enemy in this show. Uh-huh, they did. Elsewhere, Luther finds Ander in an abandoned warehouse. This was a good scene. Um, this was a good kickoff. What I really liked about it was not only, like, the camera angles are lost on me. I, I don't understand the significance of why certain camera angles would show one thing while other camera angles would show another. Although, like, that is a language I don't have. The language I do have is... Yeah the staging so Mm -hmm. like how far away the actors are from each other how close how close they get even though they don't trust each other and like Mm -hmm. how they navigate this how like luther uh luther uh navigates the like you don't seem to understand i'm not here for the box conversation (laughs) i'm here for you bro (laughs) and like that sounds sketchy so, like, you, that can't be your opener. Like, uh, I've been waiting for you a long time. Like, sounds like the most spooky thing to hear <laughs> in an abandoned warehouse where no one else is around. So, yeah. <laughs> Luthen knows that this is a dangerous man, and he likes that he's dangerous. Which is, again, good for the cause. We're trying to figure out how, uh, as this conversation is happening, uh... Like, Andor tells Luthen that he plans to sell an intact Starpath unit for 40,000 credits, claiming that it could be, uh, they could track Imperial coordinates for nine parsecs. When, uh, Andor demands payment, Luthen insists on trying it before asking, uh, before asking if Andor, if he plans to stick around. Um, Bix receives the news, uh, from, uh, Salman Pak, uh, that several corpos have raided Marva's home. Uh, Salman also tells him about the bulletin for Ander. Bix realizes that someone has, someone ratted Bix. him out. Yeah. And Tim tries to stop Bix from leaving, saying he could take care of himself. And he only just entered the room. And so Bix goes, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about, Tim? Timbo? Tim mm-hmm. Tebow? What are we doing? What's going on? Yeah, bro. yeah dog. And uh, she quickly, uh, she, very smart woman that she is, realizes that he's the one, he's the rat, uh, and she pushes past him and says, what have you done? And uh, Andor shows uh, Luthen the Starpath unit, and Luthen asks how he did it. And the first possibility is that Ander is an Imperial spy. The second is that he is fronting for the true seller. And the third is that Andor is being genuine. Ander reiterates his payment, uh, his demand for payment, prompting Luthen to reiterate his question. Luthen is aware of Andor bribing quartermasters before they scrap. However, the Starpath unit is far too valuable for that. How did he come across this? How did you do it? Luthen asks how he got it. It's a big point that he needs to know how he got the Starpath unit. Andor claims that he stole the Starpath unit himself, but Luthen does not believe him due to the tight security at the Imperial Naval Base on Steergard. Andor is evasive, but Luthen offers... Uh, he says, how much, how much for you to tell me uh, how you did it? And Andor throws an imaginary number. Like, there's no way he's going to spend another thousand credits. And Luthen, like, almost interrupts him to be like, done, another thousand. Here's, here's the, here's a thousand credit chip. Here it is. Tell me. And Ander says, all it takes to sue from the Empire is getting a uniform and impersonating an Imperial personnel. He mocks the complacency and arrogance of the Empire. They never think, they could never imagine that someone could slip into their home, yeah. spit in their yep. food, take their take their computers. And Ander wants to count the money that Luthen just threw down, metaphorically. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but Luther talks about uh, the costs of resisting the empire. He mentions that he is aware that Andor's adoptive father, Clem, was hanged by the empire, uh, prompting uh, Andor to pull out his gun and be like, do, how do you know that? How do you know me? Luthen uh, replies again, I know you, Cassian Andor. I'm, that's, I, this is, you are whom I'm here to talk to. Uh, Luthen invites Ander to join him, prompting uh, uh, Ander to be even more suspicious. Luthen wants to talk with Andor, but warns that the, that the Corpos are on their way to arrest him for murdering two security officers on uh, Priax Morlana. Mm -hmm. uh, Andor asks why he should choose to go with Luthen. Uh, Luthen responds by presenting Andor with the opportunity of fighting back. Getting back at these bastards. Okay, let's stop right there. Did you ever think we'd ever hear this kind of language in Star Wars? Just out of curiosity. Alright, so like, I've been living in the adult world of Star Wars online and fanfiction and comics and fan comics and mm -hmm. art and like subreddits swearing and star wars for me were never really separated but also never no. really canon and so no. like i'm i'm conflicted as to whether i saw this coming or not if someone was gonna swear i, I wanted it to be the rebels huh yeah that would be them i mean the empire is too sophisticated um i mean we've heard Cursing in Star Wars, but it's only been like in Huttese, where we wouldn't understand. Yeah. Um, I'm, or, I'm uh, like, damn, or ass, or shit. Like, or all of which are, like, under review to, like, even be considered swears by movie standards. Right. So, well, like... This is, this is Disney we're talking about. This is the Mouse House. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 you gonna swear in my house, ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I was not um it fit the vibe and it fit the scene mm -hmm. which makes me really question like not just the swearing but like the scene. We're going to see a really? lot of deaths real quick in the show. In the show and it's of corporate mall cops. <laughs> that don't know what they're doing, that have never been on the ground before that, like, don't understand the concept of, like, trigger safety. And, like, you don't, like, there's so much going on here in this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, like, in this episode alone, that, like, if any military group did half of what the, the negligence that this group did, mm -hmm. they would all be dead anyway. They would be right. straight dead. They mm -hmm. do textbook bad things because they don't know what they're up against and they didn't prepare they didn't prepare for the worst they prepared for a mall incident yep <laughs> they were not prepared for Cassian Andor or Luthen Rail to be coming out guns blazing yeah I like a I like a quote. I think it's in episode five. It might. Uh, I think it's in episode five. There's a quote uh, from an imperial that says, "It is too random to be random." Spoiler. <laughs> I like that a lot. These mm -hmm. these like th these nobody NPCs <laughs> accidentally stumbled on. A protagonist for another movie. That's like walking into the walking into Wolverine in an X Men movie that doesn't involve him. Like you mm -hmm. done goofed. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, like universe. The universe did not smile on you today. Today mm -hmm. you are going to be room temperature, and that is going to be like, ugh, yikes. <laughs> so, yeah. uh. 
So, back on the streets, several <laughs> residents, including uh, Salman, uh, woman, and Brasso, uh, begin banging objects in order to intimidate the corpos. I like this strategy a lot. I don't know where they got it. I don't know where the real-life reference is, but I love it. This Me I, too. This idea of banging... Uh, because banging on stuff is not a crime. Mm-hmm. Banging, uh, making loud noises, uh, causing a disruption is like enough to get like a stern talking to from the cops. But if a whole community is doing it, mm-hmm. and this is a large, this is a decent plot Size of thing. land. Yeah. 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 So like, it's, it's not a small sound, but it's also cacophonous. Like, you don't know where to start. Like, even if you tried to start arresting people... You just for, cause a riot. You would cause a riot, and it would, and you would not be able to protect yourself from everywhere. Mm-mm. That is, like, you are completely surrounded by this noise. And it's not in sync. It's not in tempo. It's not... Safe. Everything about it is a bad time, and I'm so excited for it. Mm-hmm. I it's it's a really cool guerrilla tactic. Yeah. Uh, several businesses closed down their rollers. Uh, Ander demands to know who Luthen is and asks whether he's an Imperial spy. Uh. Luthen explains that he, that special people are hard to find and that he came to save him from the pyre. It's a waste of talent. Hey. A waste yeah. of good talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luthen asks Andor to trust him and crushes Andor's comlink, warning him never to carry anything he cannot control. The two sets movement around the warehouse and realize that they are surrounded. They don't. Andor does. That's a big sticking point. Ander pays attention. Um, I would love to say that that comes from like a healthy place, but it's not. Um, that is a telltale sign uh, of CPTSD. If I, I don't, I mean, I'm I have a bachelor's in theater. I can't diagnose anybody, but like <laughs> this character is giving me com- uh, complex post traumatic stress disorder vibes. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. He was taken from his home at a young age. He was traumatized uh, by war as an adult. He saw uh, his father figure uh, murdered in the street by the Imperials. But he's he doesn't have a happy, happy, fun time story no. uh, to fall back on. So, like, I don't know where, uh, like the fact that he is so good at hearing things around him is like, is the telltale sign of a overactive, um, overactive defense system in the brain. It's actually, I recently uh, finished a book called the body keeps the score, uh, specifically about how PTSD and CPTSD became known as PTSD uh, became known as their names and like different ways that have been used not only in the past like 40 years mm-hmm. but also uh, like even back in like Grecian times Grecian and Roman times like they would just there's been different words for it yeah uh, but like when you see something as traumatic at, when you've lived through like a life like Ander, you don't come out the other side the same way. No. no. And you, the the healthy part of that is that uh, you get to keep the superpowers it gave you. He has super strong hearing. He is very good at noticing hands. He is very quick to figure out who he could size up and where. All of that is because of his trauma and his near-death experiences. Which is scary and sad, but also, like, it's super helpful in this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. 
I don't want to condone people going through trauma to get superpowers. Don't hear that. Mm-hmm. I am saying like uh, the end product, uh, like the final stages of therapy uh, for for a lot of state, a lot of therapies for CPTSD and PTSD is that mm-hmm. you get to keep the good parts. You get to keep True. the ability to hear how many people are coming down the hallway and know in an instant. You mm-hmm. can tell, like, Ander, uh, how many people are around and, uh, like, which doors are they at and if they're carrying light weapons or or heavy weapons. His yeah. ears tell him that and his brain clocks it before his mouth can translate the information. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll do that, too. I mean, not because I'm, I've suffered through PTSD or anything like that, but I'm kind of wired kind of like that. You know, I mean, it's uh, maybe it's a byproduct of the visually impaired, being visually impaired. I mean, a lot of people out there think we have supersonic hearing and supersonic reactions. We don't. We just pay attention to stuff more than you sighted folks do. I mean, I. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know my my siblings have tried like sitting in chairs, being all quiet, and all like come up and all all touch them, not even paying attention to like where I'm going, or I'll I'll be walking by, and they'll act like they don't, they're you know not there, and I don't know, <laughs> I'll just walk up behind them. Or buy them. I'll say, hey, Riley, or whoever. And I don't know. And sometimes I even have good aim when I'm throwing something. I had, um... There was a situation where I had an airplane, like a paper airplane or a ball or something, I don't remember. And Drake was standing about 10 feet away from me in a doorway of a room that was on my left side, like so not in my line of fire. And I just casually threw something at him and it happened to curve at just the right spot and nail him in the in the head. <laughs> nice. Man. So I don't think we've really talked much about uh, at least on air about your uh, your visual impairment. Thank you for sharing that. No, yeah, no problem. Um, I try not to bring it up, not because I don't want to. It's most because I like to keep things going. Um, but for those who do not know, um, newsflash: I am visually impaired. I am I am Max's archivist when it comes to Star Wars. Um, I'm his lore master, as it were. He's my he's my eyes. I'm the um I'm the ears. If you ever heard us talking about audio description, um that is an iteration that I can turn on for different TV shows that will describe different things. So sometimes it'll say stuff and sometimes it will not say stuff, especially if people are talking. So this is where Max comes in. So he'll pick up those details for me. Yeah, and if Let's I could read Arabesh again, I could I could tell you even more of the stuff in the background or the foreground or what have you. It's been a while. Um, well, you could learn about it in Dow's Edge. I think they'll te- teach you Arabesh. It's uh, it's just a cipher. I just need to remember how to read the cipher. Oh. Uh, well, it's like it's like not even it's not like Tolkien. It's not a different language with different grammar. Yeah. It's just dude. I Braille oh, is enough for me, bro. No, I'm not doing no airbrush. Oh my god! One Give of me my, some I have I have friends that are hearing impaired, and mm-hmm. uh, they'll they like go to restaurants and mm-hmm. these like allistic, uh, not hearing or visually impaired people will be like, oh, you're. Uh, oh, you're deaf? Here's the Braille menu. And they just, like, look at them like, what? <laughs> I can read. <laughs> I, 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 can't believe, I can't believe some people. Sometimes, you know? That's just... 
and, and I thought I had a hard time going to restaurants that actually do have real menus, but they're like 10 years out of date because they update them so frequently and they don't go and call corporate and have corporate send them a new freaking real menu. It's not that hard. It really isn't. But a lot of these, a lot of menu uh, restaurants have QR codes now. So my phone can actually read them. Thank you very much, technology. I hadn't thought of that. That's actually super helpful for people that are visually and, and uh, hearing impaired both. Yeah, That's it is. interesting. I mean, I know they have existing technologies that can do that already for the visually impaired, but the problem with those is that when it, it, it essentially it takes a picture of the document, and when it reads it, you can't stop it from reading. You have to sit there and listen to the whole damn document. And if there's, like, a menu item that you want to listen to again, you have to retake the whole picture, do the whole process over again. Uh. So, hey, we've talked about, enough about my, uh, about vision impaired people, uh, folks. Um, but we'll, we'll sprinkle some more of that information. Thank you for and, that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, and I feel like our our audience certainly benefits from that because I feel oh, yeah. like that 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 knowledge colors how you come at Star Wars. Yeah, in the same way that like my ADHD, uh, like all of my specific neurodivergent cocktail uh, <laughs> impacts uh, how I approach Star Wars. Yeah. Um. I mean, because, yeah, you know, because it's, you know, for me, it's not the visual, it's the sound, it's the feeling, it's, I mean, that, that, that that's my attraction to lightsabers, it's just the hum. I can pick up hums from the sabers, and I can tell, oh, that's movie accurate, nope, that's not movie accurate. Oh, yeah. And I have some, I have some light perception, so I can see how bright the blades are. So... All right. Meanwhile, Keep back on the ranch, yeah. corporate, uh, corpos uh, from North Team uh, apprehend Bix uh, in the streets of Ferrix. East Team sets up a perimeter while around the warehouse on Rick's Road where Ander and Luthan are. Uh, their leader contacts Karn, who orders them not to engage until he has arrived. Wait for backup. Uh, since Luthen's ship is 40 clicks away, he and Ander decide to escape on a speeder bike. Luthen also planted snap charges on the door as a preemptive escape measure. Uh, he said, lesson number one, uh, make your, plan your escape on the way in. Make your escape, your exit on the way in. And, uh, he's like, hold on to something. And he blows them. The charges succeed in taking out a number of corporate soldiers, but, like, four to six uh, charge in. A gun battle ensues, and the two men are almost uh, are also forced to dodge falling objects. I, I'm going to be honest. This was the shakiest shaky cam in all of Star Wars. I have no idea what was happening in this show. I don't... In this scene, I don't know why things were falling down. I didn't understand where they were falling from. I mm-hmm. I don't know what's like. I literally like half the time in the scene, I didn't know which way was up. Mm-hmm. Like it was just show like just all over the place. Like I I, I don't know how to describe it other than yeah yeah. They they thought we're gonna put the camera in a circus tool in a circus ride and like then film the scene right uh despite luthan's objection ander attempts to retrieve the star path box dodging debris and enemy fire luthan shoots a corporate soldier attempting to gun down ander uh the two men escape several falling chains and objects and uh luthan uh ander's pissed that they didn't get the box but luthan uh, says that escaping is more important uh while karn contacts north team for help um bix attempts to skate escape but is restrained by a different officer that we haven't seen before 
Tim rounds the corner and sees Bix being roughed up and chained to a wall by a by a mall cop. Tim is very noticeably upset, and he goes, "Uh, who did this?" And they're and they're like, "Stand down, stand down." And Tim is like, "No, you let you let her go," and continues to walk towards these mall cops. And one of the mall cops with an AK space K forty seven shoots him dead in the chest. He kind of had it coming. I mean, he he routed casting out just because he thought that he was getting together with 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 Bix. Yep. Uh, I I agree. I also I also like him dying. What by his own hubris, I'm here for the fact that a corpo who should have had trigger, uh, like good trigger training, or or had the the blaster set on stun. stun. Like we have several options here. Like this is a big misstep. Yeah, what the hell is this taser? Like huge misstep. Mm-hmm. Even even if they were like in a war zone, this is a civilian, an unarmed civilian walking towards them, and he shot him dead in the chest. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. That's a war crime, friend. You don't. Nope. That's not okay. And no. uh, noticeably, the the team leader says, "Give me your gun." And and the guy's like, what? And he's like, give me your gun that you just killed someone with. You're going back to the ship. Go to the ship. And Bix weeps for her dead boyfriend as she is handcuffed to a wall. That's real heavy. That is the heaviest. That is more. That is more alarming than saying bastard for me. That is. Mm. Disney went as far to be like, hey, look, a vaguely med- Middle Eastern country is getting shot up by corporate uh, by corporate officials with guns. Oh, they shot a civilian. Better show him dead with his eyes open, facing his girlfriend who's still alive watching him die. Whoa. I'm not... Okay, so I'm not... Re- I'm probably not reacting the same way you're reacting because... I've witnessed a bunch of this stuff via HBO when Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. And all those shows are worse than what we're seeing here. So I, I agree. Uh, there's so much blood in Game of Thrones. It's delicious. Uh, <laughs> you watched like, it? I've seen a. I've seen a, a lot of scenes. I've seen like a lot of YouTube clips. But oh, like, well, I watch all of them. But like, the thing is that this is. This is a big political statement. Like it, it's a it is a big deal to go for me it's a big deal to say look at this atrocity. Mm-hmm. And to like rub your nose in it. Mm-hmm. Like uh they they in later episodes like they sh- they like don't hold any punches showing how close close-minded and closeted and racist uh space racist uh the imperials are mm-hmm. these uh like these mostly white uh cishet white men being racist against freaking the rest of the universe <laughs> and like they don't hold any punches like yeah. this is this is a big step for Disney. Yes. That being said, um, they are funding DeSantis, and they are funding a lot of anti, that uh, like they're funding the war, and they're doing lots of other. They're making money off of all. Of you know why it's, they're funding DeSantis right now? Why? Because he's trying to crush. He's trying to take out Reedy Creek, the Reedy Creek district. I don't know if you've been following. That whole thing. No. Yeah, he's he's been he's trying to he's trying to take away Disney's like independence, like that spot 
where Disney World is, because they're not underneath like the jurisdiction of Florida. They're like their own community. So he's been like pushing hard to get Reedy Creek dissolved and everything. He's poking a bear. <laughs> uh, I believe I believe part of that was uh, one of the responses from the uh, from Disney's lawyers uh, was that we will find someone to replace you, and they're not wrong. I did not hear that, but Disney has a lot of clout, and they have had people uh, in Florida, especially in like the Florida Senate and the uh, and like. And the Florida House, like they're they have people. They have lobbyists that have been lobbying longer than DeSantis has been alive mm-hmm. for Disney and knows mm-hmm. the laws of Disney laws inside and out. Yeah. But like Disney Disney has a, like a developing con- more than a developing country's worth of money. Yeah. Like if if the mouse wants something, it's gonna get it. Exactly, and and they are getting stuff from me. They're getting all my money. <laughs> yep, I'm so. in. I'm in hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Hey, if, we have to we have to schedule a trip to Galaxy's Edge for our podcast. We we do definitely. Yeah. We'll we'll touch base on that later. So, uh. Karn and Mosk learn from the surviving member from East Team that Ander and Luthan are approaching their direction. There's two of them. They're freaking out. Uh, Cyril uh, enters a shop and hears a noise and shoots without looking. This is this is textbook bad trigger behavior. Uh, and, and military practice. Yeah. Yeah, and he just sent the other dude back to the ship for being trigger happy. Oh no, this is our this is our like twenty two year old. Like right. th- this but is didn't he, didn't he just try and send somebody else back to the ship because they no, shot that was a that was a big black man on North oh. Team. Oh okay. Because uh he watched some he watched one of his crew uh shoot a civilian in the chest to mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad times all around. So yeah. we we get this we get this look at Cyril that we haven't before. This kid who has been a diehard uh, corpo his entire life, by the look of it, um, d- has never been on the field, never been in the field ever. He has been behind a desk and really thinks he's doing the Lord's work here. Uh, and he's not. He's spooked. He's scared, and he's making a lot of scary mistakes that could get other th- other people killed. Yeah, not just his men. Uh, yeah. m- meanwhile, Marva notices. Mama Marva notices the two corpos uh, standing guard over her are unnerved by the clanging sounds, and says that. Uh, Do you know what that sound is? It's the sound of a reckon. That's what a reckoning sounds like. One of the t- soldiers tells her to shut up. Marva says that uh, it's only when the clanging shuts up that you want to fret. And the other soldier goes, what happens then? Uh, Ander and Luthen encounter the fleeing aliens, which means that there's a, there's a corpo in front of them, and they are going to be very quiet. Uh, the corpos converge on the town center. Ander ambushes uh, Cyril and forces him to surrender uh, his comlink, which he immediately destroys. Uh, he demands to know how many corpos there are, while Luthen says, uh, kill him, just kill him, he's dead weight. If you don't kill him, I'll kill him. And uh, Cyril cracks co- very quickly. Like uh, There are 12 men and two officers. Elsewhere, the corpo... Uh, who shot Tim returns to his mobile tack pod and attempts to fly the ship away. However, the ship has been tied to a large piece of wreckage, uh, and he it lists Stark Left uh, uh, <laughs> port and crashes into the wreckage. Uh, the Scottish 
uh, captain is, Mark. yeah, is like, was that us he's or was buried. that them? He's not ready. He he thinks he's like, like this guy has walked in on this as if he's gonna like break up some rambunctious teenagers from stealing the stealing at Walgreens. He is n- they are not prepared for this. <laughs> no. Uh, I like his accent though. Yeah, I do that. He's very Scottish. <sighs> well, and did Luthen search for charge? Uh, search for charges. Uh, a corporate trooper. Uh. Find Cyril and uh, whom Ander is gagged and bound. Uh, when he's ungagged, he's like, uh, "They're they're escaping! They're escaping! There they go! Uh, they appear to be escaping in a blue land speeder." Uh, the corpo shoot the stolen speeder, causing it to crash and explode. However, they quickly discover it was a decoy, and Ander and Luthen escape on a speeder bike in the opposite direction. Uh, Luthen sets the wrecked speeder to explode, and it goes kablooey. Uh, <laughs> Mosk attempts to contact their comrades in North Team, while Karn attends to the wounded and dead comrades, and Cyril... Uh, Cyril does not move. He is bested. He is frozen. He is shell-shocked. He's not, he's not listening to anything. Mosk runs to him, touches him, and says, we have to go. And he does not move. Uh, as Ander flees with Luthen on a speeder bike, uh, a tearful Marva experiences a flashback of her and Clem carrying their adoptive son, Cassian, from the wreckage separatist stip- ship on Canari. V2 Emo looks up to her with his sensors flashing sadly. Uh, Salmon and Wilman uh, free a grieving Bix while Brasso drinks sadly. As Anderer and Luthen fly over fields, a shell-shocked Karn is roused by Mosk, finally, who tells him they need to get the heck out of Dodge. While the, long, while the young Cassian meets his adoptive parents in the cockpit in the past, Andor leaves Luthen on his starship. The end. Fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do you think I don't want to get into too many, too many predictions as we already know what happens in the next two episodes, and I want to get to those um, ASAP. But do you think we're gonna get to see Marva again, or was it Ferex? Yeah, Ferex. Marva. Yeah, we're we gonna see her again. I mean, we're definitely gonna see her in flashbacks, but I don't know if we're gonna like see her in the present time. Oh, okay. Like, I wouldn't put money on that. No. I guess not, because I gotta move forward with Cassian's journey. Exactly. So, alright. I guess that's it for this episode. Alright. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we have a Facebook page at Special Unit 352. Our Instagram and Twitter are at SU352Podcast. And all of our wonderful art has been beautifully and wonderfully made by Jake at Gin and Tonic on Instagram. Uh, hey, Peyton, what is our email address? Our email address is SpecialUnit352 at gmail.com. Uh, please... Email us your thoughts on episode three um, and uh, give us your feelings on, you know, on, on the show. You know, it's a different show. So, yeah. Uh, also, uh, definitely commiserate with me and be disgruntled about how the lack of lightsaber so far. Uh, anyway, please uh, share, like, fave, subscribe, uh, rate and follow, rate and review us on all of your favorite podcast listening apps because that will help us show up in the algorithms. Uh, we look forward to talking with you guys next week. And as Peyton always says, may the force be with you. <laughs>